0: Welcome to Candidate Conversations 2023, a closer look at the candidates running for the Webster Grove School District Board of Education and some of the issues that impact our community. I'm your host, Arnold Stricker, from St. Louis in Tune on 92.9 KWRH. And now let's hear from the candidates. We're talking with Justin Hockey today. He is running for a seat on the Webster Groves School District Board of Education. Justin, good morning.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Some individuals in the community may not know you. So uh, explain a little bit about you and your background.
1: Sure. Um, so I've lived here in Webster for, um, I guess, 12 years now. Moved here in, in 2011. Um, I, I grew up originally in the Houston area. Um, moved to St. Louis after uh, college. I worked at the Federal Reserve Bank in uh, downtown and then uh, my wife and I uh, spent a couple of years in Chicago. She's from here originally, moved back here. Um, and I'm divorced now, but I have uh, two daughters at Clark Elementary. I've got a, a fourth grader and a first grader. And, um, you know, I, I've been, I, I guess, professionally, I, I've been with the same firm for the last 15 years. I'm a, I'm a broker. Uh, so I work with public companies um, on kind of... Uh, board best practices transparency help investors um, you know find uh opportunities with companies that are maybe undervalued um, but uh in the community i've I've been on multiple boards um, throughout the time that we've lived here I was on the library uh, board of trustees for seven years I was the treasurer there for a while um, i finished as uh, as the president of the board of trustees there. And then the school district. Um, I've been on the finance advisory committee for five years, um, so uh, I guess that's how I got, you know, maybe more intimately involved with with the district. Um, I've attended board of education meetings for many years, and uh, I decided to run for the board last year. Got about thirty five percent of the of the vote, and um, felt like uh, you know there was there was maybe more to offer, and so I wanted to run again. And, uh, and
0: I'm here today. Yeah, which leads to the question, why are you running for the Board of Education? You kind of alluded to that. Is there any more that you would add to that?
1: Well, you know, I think that there's, um, there's a lot of really good things about this school district. And it's obviously a reason why I moved here originally. One of the things that I think there is opportunity is there is a certain amount of, um, maybe it's groupthink or just, uh, you know, lack of um, asking questions. And, you know, I think the board, um, unfortunately has, you know, too many votes that kind of go seven zero. I don't know that that's, that's healthy. And I think that, um, you know, more discussion, um, maybe deeper discussion that, you know, reflects a lot of different viewpoints, um, would be productive and and healthy for this school district. And, you know, I, I, think that this school district works very well for, um, a lot of kids, but there's, um. Some that tend to kind of fall through the cracks, and i don 't know that they 're um, always heard and, and that we always uh, I think everyone wants to to address those issues, but i don 't know that um, maybe uh, maybe they always have a voice and you know the the district i mean just structurally is facing a lot of challenges today we've got uh, we've had enrollment that um, is continuing to, to slide so we 're down about seven percent um, that 's more than twice what the the state 's enrollment is is down, and that 's having you know, funding issues. And I think one thing that um, I, I would bring to the table is, you know, we've got a 60 million budget roughly um, that's facing like a three and a half million operating shortfall from lower state reimbursement because of that enrollment decline. And so there's opportunity, I think, for us to to look a little bit closer at the budget and um, and, and find ways that, you know, we want to, at its core, obviously, you know, support programs um and i think there's probably areas where maybe there's spend that we could look at a little more efficiently and then we've also got you know kind of a, an hr issue i mean there's it's tough to to retain teachers everywhere but um you know the turnover of teachers um in the district is at an all-time high or at least as far as as the, they've presented data on it so we've got about 12% turnover and 5 or 6 years ago it was half that and um you know that's that's a challenge too and so i think there's opportunity to maybe have more discussions with families that are leaving the district or teachers that are leaving the district and understanding why and uh, hopefully correcting that. And I think I would bring an independent voice that would look at that a little bit more closer.
0: Okay. Discuss two or three areas the district is doing well and two or three areas the district needs to improve upon.
1: I think one of the things that is um, that the district is doing well is they do a lot of kind of alternative teaching methods. So it's not just rote memorization. And actually, um, I, I think Dr. Simpson, you know that's something that he's brought to the district that I, I think has a lot of merit to it is um, you know unstructured, kind of play based learning for um, for children. Um, you know, we've got the Chelsea Center at the high school that kind of looks at um, you know kind of alternative ways of learning or alternative career paths. I think all that's great. Um, I think that the uh, at the high school, some of the advanced placement um, is is quite strong. the dual credit courses. Uh, so those things are, are positives. Um, you know, the, the negatives are the opportunities, you know, I guess I would say with my own experience with, with my children, one of the things, and, and I've been, you know, pretty consistent about bringing this up is I think some of the initiatives to, um, maybe the level of the playing field have, uh, you know, unintended consequences. And so I, I would say, you know, one of the things I think we should have grades and I think that um i've heard from a lot of parents who when they go to to you know they've decided to move to a private school and there's there's literally no transcript or or record that you have of, of where children are academically um and i don't think that that's uh preparing kids i mean my my fourth grader she's never had a quiz in her entire life and you know when you when you get to middle school where they start having grades i think that that's kind of a rude awakening and one of the maybe weaker places in the district is is probably Hickson and integrating all the kids together. Um, and the other area where, you know, and I, I've been pretty vocal about it and there's, there's a structural gap, you know, it's not, it's not just in Webster, but it's, it's deteriorating in Webster. It's obviously, there's a, there's a racial gap. There's a socioeconomic gap. And um, it seems that, uh, you know, a lot of those students, like I mentioned, you know, they're, they're falling through the cracks. Um, they're not being serviced as well. And as they're declining as, as enrollment of, of this district, um, their voices maybe even less heard. So, um, I, I'd like to see more focus on just core academics uh, rather than just rhetoric trying to to address those issues.
0: What factors do you use to measure or determine how well the district, a building, teachers, or students are doing?
1: I think the problem is right now is we don't really have metrics that are evaluating that. I mean, it's easy to look at standardized test scores, and and I do. Um, you know, uh, for the last several years, the you know the MAP scores have been declining, and like I mentioned, particularly for racial and socioeconomic mi- minorities, that gap has has significantly deteriorated. I mean, we had uh you know 12% of African American students that are scoring proficient in in math, and it used to be 50%. So that that's getting worse. Um, obviously that's not the only metric. And, you know, I think the, the APR scores that, that came out, uh, just recently for the district actually were, were encouraging, uh, and looked a lot better. Um, you know, that, that measurement has, uh, that system has changed. So Desi says it's kind of a meaningless data point. They're not looking at schools for accreditation on it or, or anything, but, but it's, it's a positive. So, so yeah, standardized test scores are one metric, but I think more importantly is just, um, benchmarking what you want to accomplish with new programs that are introduced you know i see a lot of third-party programs that the the board of education approves because administration has brought forth and you know we we want to go forward with this but there's nothing behind it as to okay well how are we going to evaluate this on an ongoing basis um so which which is really important especially when you go back to the, those budget issues of you know if we're going to bring something in and we're going to spend you know $20,000 a year on a, on a new contract with a third-party vendor, um, we need a return on that investment. And, uh, too often I think the board is, is just not doing that. I mean, the program sounds great. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of, of this survey based work that's, uh, focused on trying to improve, um, kind of the social and emotional well wellbeing. And, and obviously the mental health stuff has been a challenge for kids, but it's, um, it's not really clear, um, what we're benchmarked today and where we want that to be in 5 years and how you look at that every single year to see if this program is actually doing anything uh, that we couldn't do um, ourselves rather than going to a third party
0: so what is your opinion on state efforts to put individual requirements or restrictions on local school districts
1: one of the benefits i think of um i can't remember if we said this on the air or we were talking about this offline but you know i i went to public schools um, but I went to a public school district that was huge, had you know 13 high schools, 90,000 students or something like that, and uh, you didn't really have local control. Um, I think that's one of the great things about Missouri and, and this region is that we have these small communities, I and mean, this is a school district of 4,000 people, you know, we've 4,000 students. Um, you, you see your neighbors. Uh, I don't want state control of, of local issues, but I think... One of the things that's weakening public education is you have a lot of people that feel disenfranchised and they're, they're going that route or there's a push uh, to have more state control because they don't feel like they have a voice. So, um, you know, that's, that can speak to a lot of things. There's, there's a political lens on that because everything's politicized. But um, I think just having someone on the board that represented a broader stretch of this community, I think would do a lot to instill trust because that's that's the biggest thing, is this, a lot of the state effort issues, I think, ultimately come down to a feeling of, of parents feeling unempowered. And and trust is such a key thing. Once you lose that, um, it, it's hard to get it back. So I really, really think that there's, there's opportunity to, to rebuild trust in this community. And I hope that I would bring that voice.
0: So what is your role as a board member? when you disagree with a policy or the application of a policy? And how would you go about resolving your concerns? Well,
1: too often than not, we don't really have a lot of discussions. We have, as far back as, as I've been able to look on the data, I haven't seen anything that wasn't a 7-0 vote over the last you know, three or four years. Um, that's not healthy. Um, I think that um, having some 6-1 or 5-2 votes uh, bring new ideas to the table and even if they're not adopted, I think it's more likely that uh, if you have a dissenting voice on something that you're going to adopt policies that are um, better because you're going to have some element of that that's compromised in. Um, I fully expect that I wouldn't agree with every board member on every issue. Um, and, and that's fine. I, but I think there's a lot that we would agree on because everyone here ultimately wants the strongest school district that, that we can have. Um, you know, This is a volunteer position. And there's no um, real personal gain from being on a, on a board with seven people. Um, it's just trying to represent uh, the community. And so I, I think there's opportunity to have a lot of you know, synthesis that would, that would uh, enhance some of it.
0: What can people expect from you on the Board of Education?
1: Most importantly, I think they can expect that I'm an independent voice. I think, that, um, I think I've demonstrated that uh, I'm not afraid to have different opinions and that I'm willing to put my name out there and stand up. I've made many public comments uh, over the past several years before the board. Um, I've met individually with um, most of the board members, former board members. Um, I think most of the administrators know me. Um, I've worked hard with, on, you know, the city commissions and whatnot with, uh, you know, kind of integrating that with some of the city leaders in, in other capacities, whether, you know, city council or, or whatnot. And, um, I think that most people who meet me on a one-on-one basis know that, uh, I, I work hard and that, um, and I'm not afraid to speak my mind and that that's, that's a healthy thing.
0: And if people want to know more about your candidacy, Justin, what should they do?
1: You can go to my website. Uh, it's Justin Hockey, H-A-U-K-E, for the number WGSD.com. Um, I've got a lot of materials there on kind of my, my policy positions. I've got a, a page that um, I call it, you know, like frequently asked questions or, or criticisms that basically addresses some of the issues that um, I think people uh, brought up on the campaign last year. And, and I've tried to be as transparent as, as possible as about who I am um, and then running for myself. Um, you know, people can I'm, I'm happy to give my my phone number three one four five five zero seven four three two. Like I said, I've met with lots and lots of people. And, uh, you know, we've got two and a half weeks until the election here. And anyone who uh, reaches out to me, uh, either through my website or, or sends me a text or calls me on the phone, I'd love to sit down one on one. Or, uh, you know, if, if you have neighbors and you want to do a meet and greet, uh, happy to do that, too. I just I want people to
0: feel comfortable with me. Justin, thanks for talking to us this morning. We appreciate it.
1: I appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for doing it.
0: You've been listening to Candidate Conversations 2023 with your host, Arnold Stricker, from St. Louis in Tune. Please vote on April the 4th. Candidate Conversations is a service of 92.9 KWRH Radio. Stay tuned for more conversations with the candidates on 92.9 KWRH.